The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the fifth chapter. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. For me, these Bible readings today seem to flow right out of the ones that we heard last week, especially the story we heard last week of Jesus calling his first disciples. I say this because I hear all of these texts speaking to me in one way or another about call and vocation. And in the end, it is St. Paul who brings it home in the most personal way for us when he says, not only to those early Christians in Corinth, but to all of us today, consider your own call, brothers and sisters. That's a very fitting admonition to hear at the beginning of a year when we observe the 500th anniversary of the Reformation that was inspired by Martin Luther. In much of his preaching and teaching and writing, Luther said the same thing as Paul. Luther said, consider your own call, brothers and sisters. And he said it to people who probably had never heard those words directed at them. In the minds of most people, the only ones who had a call from God were the priests and the nuns who took special vows and set themselves apart from others. But as you know, Luther's theology was deeply rooted in the conviction that every baptized child of God is called and is set apart for service to the neighbor. Consider your own call, Luther said, to Christian parents and day laborers and teachers and small business owners. He said it to political and religious leaders and the people of every age group and every social and economic class. At a gathering of Lutheran pastors and deacons this past week, our bishop encouraged all of us also to consider our own call. And he began by sharing some of his story of how he felt called at a very early age to share God's love and God's justice with people who are suffering from harsh circumstances in life. 
He remembers at age 17, he said, when he looked up on evening in Seattle and saw a man who was leaning out of an apartment window. I could tell that life had been hard on him, Bishop Jake said, and I found myself being taken out of the conversation going on around me and moving to a personal place inside me where I was moved to do something that would help people like this. Since I was about to enter my senior year of high school, I'd been doing some thinking about what kind of work I would like to do. But this was different. Seeing the man, I had this conscious thought that God had given me gifts, and I was about to go out into the world. And I wanted to do something that would help this man and other people living in gloomy, depressed places. He went on to share how this urge led him toward pastoral ministry, and he summed it all up by saying, through it all, this urge, this passion flowed through everything else. The sense that Christ wants life for people, life in every dimension of their being, heart, soul, family, world, and that I had been given capabilities that could help bring love and joy and justice of Christ to people. That is my call, he said. Here at St. Mark's, everyone who participates in faith journey is asked to consider their own call in the same way. And the testimonies that I've heard over all the years of doing that uh, have led me to a profound appreciation for the many ways that God works in our lives. In my case, I usually end up talking about how I have experienced Christ's call through the living witness of people who have shown me gifts that I want to embody in my own life of faith. And going back to childhood, I would say that the first thing that comes to mind for me is kindness. When I saw and experienced genuine kindness, it made me want to be a kind person. At home, this urge was always put into the context of our Christian faith. We sang songs like, Jesus, our brother, kind and good. And we remembered in prayer that kindness was a gift given to us by God. In the morning, we often prayed my mother's favorite prayer, which included the petition to help us to do the things we should to be to others kind and good. I'm sure that little prayer, along with many others like it, helped to see me to see kindness as my calling as a child of God. And along with that, I began to notice something else very compelling in the people I admired. No matter how great or how small their position was in life, the people who were humble were the people that I wanted to emulate. This was even true of the professional athletes that I admired as a young boy. It was also true of teachers and pastors and coaches and mentors and friends. Humility was a gift that drew me to others, just as it does today when I meet people in different walks of life. It's a gut feeling 
maybe, but it's also inseparable from the way that I have been formed in faith. Because along with kindness, I've been taught that humility is a Christ-like quality that comes with the call to follow. As I reached adolescence, I was awakened to something else that I saw in the people that I admired. In the language that I use today, I would call it a passion for justice. Along with kindness and humility, it was something that I first noticed in my parents. When I was coming of age, it was in the 1960s, and the realities of racial injustice were just as fierce as the scourges of poverty, of alienation of people at so many levels of life. And I learned that the world was filled with vulnerable people who needed others to stand with them. We attended a big church that had four full-time pastors. My father was one of them, and his title was Minister of Social Services. Here at St. Mark's, it would be like having a full-time pastor that was just dedicated to peace and justice ministry. And he never told me that I should do what he was doing, but he awakened a passion within me that still burns today. In college, the flames of that fire were fanned by professors like Bob Stivers and other men and women who challenged me to turn that passion into action, an action that was grounded in thoughtful study of the issues at hand. In seminary, my teachers led me to a much deeper appreciation for the justice of God as it's revealed in the Old and the New Testaments. They opened a path for me that I'm still exploring with a special focus on how that justice of God is revealed in the prophetic witness of firebrands like Micah and Jesus and Paul, who all speak to us in our readings today. And it is Micah, of course, who takes everything that I have just said and weaves it into the clearest expression of call that I can imagine. What does the Lord require of you, Micah says, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? I know this call is addressed to every person who identifies with the Jewish or Christian faith, from the most powerful in this land to the most vulnerable among us. But I can say in a very personal way that it is my call, because it's the one I have heard through the living witness of people who've made me desire those gifts with all my heart. Anyone who knows me or has known me for more than a few hours would know that I fail at this every day. In fact, on some days, people might wonder if I even know anything about kindness or humility or justice. And that's why I'm also very thankful that the people who inspired me are the same people who taught me about the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Because like Martin Luther, I depend on that. I hold on to that promise because it is the only thing that frees me to live in hope from one day to the next. 
And it's the promise that I hear Jesus giving over and over again in our gospel today. Instead of waiting to see how we are performing before blessing us, Jesus says that God's blessing is there from the beginning. Blessed are you, Jesus says, to people in all circumstances of life. Blessed are you even as you hunger and thirst for my righteousness. In other words, blessing is not something that's earned by answering God's call in a perfect way. Instead, blessing is that state of being that you and I live in as children of God. Blessing is the gift of God that can't be revoked, can't be undone by us or anyone else. So as you consider your call, brothers and sisters, let that promise of God's blessing also surround you and fill you and, and let it free you to open your heart and to answer with courage. You are called and you are blessed. Those two go together now and in all the days to come. And for that I say, thanks be to God. Amen.